you are running or launching a client-based business and you want to sell out your services and create profitable digital products, then listen up. The doors to my flagship program, aka my third baby, the Self-Made Mama Society, are opening soon, and I want you to get on the VIP waitlist so you don't miss out. The Society is the only program of its kind on the market. It's designed specifically to be accessible, hands-on, and results-oriented. I know there is no one-size-fits-all magic pill in online business, and that is why the Society is a combination of cutting-edge curriculum, weekly group coaching, hands-on Facebook group support, and one-on-one sessions with me. If you want the best community, the most transparent and genuine support, and direct access to real expertise and action-focused coaching, head to theselfmademama.com forward slash society, or click on the link in the show notes to get yourself on the list and get access to an exclusive VIP bonus when the doors open. See you there. I'm Melissa Rogers, recovering supermom, corporate dropout, and CEO of a successful online business that I built from scratch with a baby on my hip. Through lots of trial and more error than I'd like to admit, I built a thriving company that impacts thousands of busy, high-achieving moms around the world and gives me and my family a life and future that we had only dreamed of before. I created the Self-Made Mamas podcast to bring you step-by-step strategies and inspirational stories that will help you design a business that gives you the life you really want and the future you've been dreaming of. If you are an ambitious business mom or one in the making, you're in the right place. So let's get to work. All right, my friends, today we are going to talk about price objections and getting ghosted. So this morning I was on a coaching call with um, a client and one of the things that we were talking about, usually in a session we'll cover sort of two or three big things that are coming up for the client. One of the things that we were talking about today is price objections. Now this particular client has recently pivoted her whole business in the last few months and she is offering an extremely low ticket product. So I'm not going to go into specific detail, but her product is very, very low ticket because of the nature of it, right? And there is absolutely no way on God's green earth that anybody should have a price objection at this price point. However, when she pulled the people who were on her wait list and subscribed to her emails who decided not to join the last time she opened it, over 80% of them cited price as the reason they did not join. And she was a bit floored by this. And initially I was as well, because obviously this is a tiny, tiny, like low ticket item. Um, and most of us are sort of like blowing money left, right, and center in amounts much bigger than this. Like we're talking, I think it was like $10 or something like that, right? Very, very low ticket item. Um, and when she told me this, I immediately knew what was going on, but I realized that Many of you are probably experiencing the same thing. I know it's something that I experienced earlier in my business as well, where you're doing like you're you're doing such good marketing. You're trying so hard and you're putting your heart and soul into your messaging and you're being consistent and you are attracting people who just ultimately are not willing to take out their credit card at the end of the day. And while taking like getting people to pay is not the only reason that we're doing what we're doing. We are businesses, right? We're not charities. So at the end of the day, we need people to pay us so we can keep doing what we're doing. And, you know, a financially well-resourced person is able to create a lot more impact 
in this world than somebody who is struggling or somebody who is not being compensated for their efforts, right? So I really believe in getting paid. I think that it's important. And I think financial autonomy and financial empowerment for women and mothers in particular, even in this modern day world is absolutely crucial. So I do not want to shy away from these topics of sort of price objection of, you know, financial insecurity and, and how to find people that will pay you. Because I think that the world will be better for all of us when more of us have access to more resources. Okay. So when you hear me talking about money, when you hear me talking about price objections, I just want to be really clear that I in no way ever want to speak down to somebody who genuinely cannot afford something or feels they cannot afford it. Um, there's two kinds of scarcity. There's perceived scarcity and there's real scarcity. And I can tell you that in my life, I've experienced both. So this is not a judgment on people that do not have, you know, residual income. This is not a judgment on people that do not have money to spare whatsoever. This is a conversation about how you as an entrepreneur, as someone with something to sell can, avoid this sort of price objection black hole. And I'm going to go into what I mean by that. Okay. So often when we are selling something and we start to receive price objections, it can sort of undermine our, um, how do I put that? My, our confidence in what we're selling, right? So a lot of people, they will not sell something or not sell it in the quantity that they would like to. And their immediate reaction is to lower their price, right? Um, and this becomes a race to the bottom. So you've heard me talk about this before. Like you are not Amazon, you are not Walmart. Lowering your price is not the solution to a scalable business for you as a solopreneur or an entrepreneur with a small team. It's just not. Um, but it's our, it's kind of our gut reaction because often when we're starting out selling a, a service or we're selling a digital product or we're first putting ourselves out there, we do get price objections and price objections come in the form of literal objections. Like people saying, I can't afford that, or that's too much money, or I don't think it's worth that much. Or in the, in the form of getting ghosted after you share your pricing, right? That's, it's very obvious when you've been having a whole conversation with somebody or they've inquired and they're really interested in your services. And the very final thing that they find out is the price and then they disappear. That is a price objection. So what do we, like, why does that happen? I guess is the first question that we need to ask. And I think there are sort of three, three reasons that this happens. Um, the first is that you're withholding price information or being vague about your pricing. So back when I started an online business, it was all the rage to put either a price range or inquire for pricing on your services. Um, and this is kind of what everybody did. And so the pricing was always kind of behind the door. You had to have a conversation. You had to knock on the door to get the pricing. And I think this is problematic, especially now where the market is so much more saturated and skeptical, because first of all, a lot of people assume that means that your pricing is astronomical and that may disqualify people that actually can afford it because they may think that it's so expensive that you're not listing it, right? Um, a lot of people think that way and you could put people off. Uh, the other thing is that people, if they don't know that it's expensive, let's say you're, you are selling something high ticket or, um, or higher a ticket, if they don't know that it's expensive and then they go to all the trouble to inquire and they find out that it's just so outside of their budget, they are probably just going to ghost you because that's kind of embarrassing, right? If you're, let's say you're inquiring about photography 
I don't know, you're trying to get um, an engagement session done or something like that, right? Um, a couple session and you're inquiring about a photography package and you love everything about the site. You're vibing with the photographer. You love everything on their Instagram. You know some people who have gone through them and they send you their pricing and it is just five times what you could possibly pay. Like that doesn't feel good. That, that feels bad, even though it shouldn't be embarrassing, it doesn't feel good. So nine times out of 10, if you do that to someone, they're going to ghost you, right? So that's the first reason that you will get a price objection or, um, or a price related objection, or you'll get ghosted is that you're withholding pricing information, or you're being too vague about your pricing. The next reason is that you're not communicating clear value. So if your pricing is clearly uh, clearly displayed, but you're not making any sales or you're getting price objections, it may be because you're not communicating clear value. And so there are lots of instances where we think where we're doing our marketing, we think that we are explaining what it is that we're selling. We think that we're we're listing out all the features. We're telling them all the things that they're gonna get. Blah 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 blah. And the reality is that the the customer, the potential customer who is reading the sales page or they're looking at our website and reviewing our service packages or whatever it is, the customer doesn't necessarily care about the features. The features are more so like the features are what you look at right before you buy when you've already kind of made up your mind and you just want to kind of review what it is that you're actually getting the benefits of, of an offer, the benefits of a product, whatever it is that you're selling Those are the more intangible things. Like what are the results that they can expect from getting this? What, what is going to change for them because they have, have purchased this or have worked with you or whatever it is, right? A lot of us struggle to communicate that clearly in our sales copy and on our websites and on our social media. And so what happens is we can drum up a little bit of interest, but ultimately we don't have any, any marketing that is compelling enough to get people to, to overcome their in, like inherent price objection. Like people do struggle to let go of money inherently. And so in order for you to overcome that emotionally, they need to understand emotionally what they will get out of working with you, out of purchasing your product, out of, you know, whatever it is, right? So if you're experiencing, if your prices are listed and you're experiencing a price objection or getting ghosted, sometimes it's because you're just not communicating your value clearly. And the last reason, and this is the biggest reason and the most common reason, and it can be, uh, it can be present alongside the other two reasons. And that is that you are getting price objections or getting ghosted because you are marketing to disempowered people who are either not able to afford what you're selling, not willing to afford what you're selling, or they don't actually prioritize. They're not prioritizing a solution to the problem that you solve. They just want to be in that state of struggle. And that sounds really odd because as an entrepreneur, you're probably like, why would you want to be in a state of struggle? Why, why would you want to stay there? Why wouldn't you just want to solve the problem? Because entrepreneurial brains tend to want to solve problems, right? But a lot of people are stuck in struggle and they're not ready to come out of it yet. A lot of people are the kind of personality where they would rather be in a state where they get to complain and they get to be miserable and, 
you know, even if it's about little things, like we all know somebody who just always has something that's bugging them or is never happy, you know, about little things. Like maybe every time they go out to eat, there's something wrong with their, their meal or, you know, they order a cocktail and it's never made quite the right way, or it was better somewhere else or something like that. Some people are just that kind of personality. And oftentimes those people don't value a solution enough because they kind of like being in that state. They like to, they like to complain. They like to be critical. They like to have something to complain about. Um, that's just a personality thing and it's a, a personal growth thing. So when somebody has not grown enough to actually want a solution, if you are marketing to that person inadvertently, they are never going to pay you. They're just there to join the pity party. And the pity party is there because likely you're focusing too hard on the pain points that the person is experiencing and not enough on the solution. So when I talk about marketing to disempowered people, when we talk about disempowering marketing, this is very subtle. And this is something like if if you listen to this podcast and you go and look at your, your sales copy and things like that, and you're like, oh my God, I've been doing this. I do not want you to feel bad for one second because the reality is that these are such subtle shifts. This is actually very like advanced marketing, right? And this is something that I wish, I wish somebody had explained to me sooner in my journey because I did not understand this for the first few years that I was running my online business. And I wasted a lot of time marketing to disempowered people because I didn't understand the difference between highlighting their pain points in a way that displays empathy and shows that you understand and throwing that pity party, right? So I'll give you an example from my business. So as you guys know, my signature offer, my flagship program is the Self-Made Mama Society. And the Self-Made Mama Society is there to show you basically like start to finish, not that there is a finish, but you know, right from the beginning, how to build and grow your online business uh, by serving clients and attracting an audience and selling digital products and then scaling with a team if you so choose, right? It is like, it's designed to be sort of this like all-in-one online business academy, right? Specifically catering to busy moms. And so when I first started marketing this program and started marketing other programs that I had as well, little workshops and things like that, I knew the pain points of my ideal client intimately because I had been in that struggle for years. So I knew that many of the people that would wanted to learn from me were seeking financial stability through self-employment. I knew that many of them were exhausted moms, right? That didn't have a lot of mental space, didn't have a lot of time. Uh, they were kind of single income families, things like that. I knew all of this really intimately because when I started my business, it was, I was in a place of struggle. I started it in a place of, you know, almost financial crisis and with a huge amount of stress um, due to sort of like environmental family stuff that was going on. And I was so embedded in that pain point, like empathy that I had, because I knew how hard it was that it was just dripping out of my marketing. And everything that I was talking about was like, wouldn't it be great to be financially stable? Wouldn't it be so good if you didn't have to like double check your debit card before buying groceries. Like, wouldn't it be all of this kind of stuff, right? Because, and I was being specific like that because I wanted to help that woman. But here's the thing. Most people that are in positions like that, most people that are in that state of struggle will not spend money to get out of that struggle. So what happened 
when I was doing that is that I filled my audience and my email list, like my freebie subscribers with people who would never in a million years consider paying $1 to solve these problems because they were in the struggle. And I miscalculated that grossly because I paid money to learn and to grow when I was in that state, but I am not the norm in that sense, right? Most people, when they are in that sort of state of crisis, will not actually uh, actively pursue a solution because they're too embedded in it, right? They need to come out of it. They need to be a little bit further along and be a little bit closer to a solution before they are in a place mentally to pay for a solution. So inadvertently by drilling down on this, like, aren't you exhausted? Aren't you tired of being broke? Like I'm cringing now saying it, but by drilling down on that, I was attracting people who were exhausted, who were tired of being broke. And as a result, they did not have the mental capacity or the financial ability to invest in my programs and I couldn't help them. And this is what I really want to drive home. Like you are not being a bad person by shifting your marketing to speak to people who can and will pay for your services or your products. Because the reality is that you are not, you are not a charity. You are not just an endless source. You're not a vending machine for support for other people. You need to be compensated in order to provide support to other people in order to share your gifts, in order to share your talents. And if you are constantly marketing to people who cannot compensate you, then everybody's losing, right? So what happens when you shift, when you make these subtle changes and you start marketing to a more empowered person, you start marketing to someone who is ready for a solution and not just stuck in their struggle, you start to be compensated for your solutions, right? You start to be compensated for your services, for your products. And what happens then is that you become financially resourced. You have the breathing room to then create more solutions that are perhaps more affordable or more accessible to other people. And you can actually create more impact that way. So if you are an online creator like me, like you're, you know, in some kind of education or consulting space, right? You need to get paid first before you can create impact through tons of free content. Like you, you've got to pay your bills. You've got to be in a good spot in order to help other people. It's, it's like that, you know, kind of cliche Pinterest saying now, but you can't pour from an empty cup, right? Your cup and your bank account need to be full before you can go out and be of service to others. You cannot help people if you are in a hole right? And I know that, you know, many of you listening to this are not in financial strife. You just like to make more in your business and that's totally fine. But it, the same principle applies. If you are out there kind of like chasing the sales and trying to, to trying to make more money in your business because you're not making enough for either your goal or your lifestyle or whatever it is, you cannot truly be of service to people who cannot afford to pay you because you have to you have to split your attention and focus on the people who can, right? So instead of trying to sort of speak to those people, instead of trying to serve the people who can't afford you because you wanna be a good person, focus on getting those paying clients, getting those paying customers so that you are resourced enough to create content in the future and create resources in the future that can help the people who aren't there yet. So that said, how do we market to a more empowered person? So these, again, are very, very, very subtle shifts in your marketing. When you are marketing to a disempowered person, chances are 
it's because you are focusing too heavily on their pain points and you're kind of like, we've all been taught in marketing to list out the pain points and then like salt the wound a little bit, like aggravate the issue with your sales copy and with your messaging so that they're like almost in like a heightened state of you know emotional distress about the pain points and then hit them with the solution and apply urgency and make them buy. And I hate that. I think that is awful marketing. And that's how we were, we were all taught to do webinars back in the day. I don't know, three years ago, four years ago. It's how we were all taught to do our marketing. And I think it's gross. I don't like it. So, and I think now in an increasingly saturated and skeptical market, I think all that does is attract disempower people, right? So instead of marketing like that way, I think that the way to attract a more empowered person is to shift the vocabulary and the tone of your messaging ever so slightly so that you are displaying empathy and understanding of their pain points, but also identifying them as a positive sort of empowered solutions focused person. So if you are talking to someone, let's say you are selling a like a social event, maybe you have like a subscription and it's biweekly social events um, for moms and you meet, you're in your city or whatever, and you're meeting at, at a different place every two weeks and, and you sell tickets and it's, or a membership. So they can buy like an individual ticket. They can buy a membership. They come to the events, blah, blah, blah. If you, in your marketing, talk about these people, like talk about the people that you're trying to sell to in a disempowering way. So for example, if you're like, aren't you just so lonely sitting at home with nobody to talk to and only people you've never met on Instagram to connect with? Like, doesn't that feel horrible? Don't you feel bad? Don't you just like never want to go out because now you're insecure and you have social anxiety about it? Like if that's how you market to them, chances are they're not even going to buy a ticket. They're not going to pay you. Only a very tiny percentage of people that identify with that are actually going to pay for a solution again, because that's not the norm. But instead, if you're like, you are like a confident, vibrant person who just happens to have kids that take up most of your time. And don't you deserve a little bit of time for you? Don't you deserve to meet like-minded women and connect with them and have a couple drinks and, and let loose and, you know, get back to being a whole person instead of just a mom? Like, do you see the shift there? We're talking really to the same person. But when we talk, like when I talk in the second example, I'm talking with a very positive tone. I'm using positive adjectives and descriptors to describe that person because I want a person who identifies with positive traits, like being solutions focused, like being confident, like being empowered, I want a person that identifies with those traits to connect with my marketing because that person is ready for a solution. That person is not only going to pay me, they're going to put in the time and the effort to see the results of what I'm offering. So then I'm happy because I got paid and they're happy because they got the result they paid for. And that is an ideal client. That is a dream client. I don't give a shit what her nail polish color is. I don't care what kind of house she lives in. I don't care, you know, what her age is. It's, are you, is she the person? Is she the person that is ready to buy a solution from me? Is she the person that is ready to do the work or put in the time or in this case, show up to the event and talk to other people and get the result that she paid for? Because if you are marketing to a disempowered person, 
nine times out of 10, even if they pay you, even if they pay you, they are not going to do what is necessary to get the result that they are after from paying you. And that's a bad spot to be in as well. So that's what I want to leave you with today is I just want you to think about the way that you're marketing. If you are experiencing a lot of price objections, if you are getting crickets when you're promoting your offers, if people are inquiring and then ghosting you, which is another form of a price objection, I want you to look at this. Is your pricing information readily available? Is it clear? Is your marketing clearly communicating value or are you just listing off a bunch of features? And last but not least, are you speaking to the wrong person? Are you speaking to a disempowered person who is not ready to buy a solution? Or are you speaking to the empowered customer who knows that there is a solution, wants to pay for it, and is ready to make the time commitment, effort commitment, whatever it is required to actually get the result from your offer? Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Self-Made Mamas podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe if you want more content like this and leave a review if you like what you hear. You can find more information about working with us at theselfmademama.com or connect with us on Instagram at selfmademama underscore. I can't wait to chat.